Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells. Uh, we're going to start this episode off with a little bit of apology. Uh, as you guys may have heard through my voice last week, uh, it was very frustrating having to re-record that divisional preview multiple times, and the end result was not very good. Uh, my internet connection has not been great. My roommate decided to change the internet just because he got a better deal, and the internet has suffered because of that. Uh, is what it is. Uh, quality on this week's episode, much, much better. And this week's episode, we got the NFC South and AFC South divisional preview uh, and joining me is Moob. Moob, haven't had him back on a while, but as the resident Panthers fan, who else but him to bring on? And yeah, other than that, we'll go over the NFL weekly update as always, starting with the NFL Hall of Fame game, the first preseason game of the year. Um... I'm just realizing I don't even have the final score listed down to. It was between the Browns and the Jets. I went to bed at halftime. I think there was a weather delay, or no, not even a weather delay. I think the lights went out at the stadium. I'm very happy I did stayed or didn't stay up to watch it. Uh, final score of the Hall of Fame game, Browns 21, Jets 16. And let's talk about that game for a bit. So I went, I was watching the pre-coverage, seeing them talk about the Hall of Famers this year. And then all of a sudden, it's please rise for the singing of our national anthem. And who else is it? It's DeMarcus Ware. Yeah, that DeMarcus Ware, the now Hall of Famer, the Cowboys and Broncos legend uh, up there singing the national anthem. And I'll be honest, wasn't, wasn't great. I give him a shit ton of credit for going up there and singing that, though. Was it great? No. Was it bad? No. It wasn't terrible. He can definitely carry a tune. I'd give it a 6 out of 10, but just nothing I would ever think to see DeMarcus Ware doing. Uh, big ups for him for actually getting up there and doing it. Uh, it's something a lot of people would not be comfortable with. Can you imagine singing in front of, I mean, I don't know how many thousands of people were at that game. Let's just say 30,000 people watching the Hall of Fame game. 20,000 people maybe. I don't know how small that stadium is. Crazy. Crazy. So just a crazy way to start off the game. And then uh, none of the starters were obviously in. It was Zach Wilson versus Kellen Mond to start the game. And that opening drive from Zach Wilson was typical Zach Wilson. Missed a couple throws. Scrambled out. Had a potential break for the first down and then slipped and fell. And in that second drive, he unleashed an absolute nuke. I don't know who was the receiver on the play. He made a hell of a catch, but that's what you get from the Zach Wilson. That is the arm talent that we all know is there. But again, he can toss a ball as far as they come in the NFL. It's just the rest of it is not there. That was the big wow play from him. He was pulled after that. Uh, a few other just notes from that game. Uh one of the Jets' lone starters on offense was Makai Becton, obviously battling back from injuries the last two seasons. Uh, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good in pass protection. He did hobble off at one point, 
uh, went quickly back into the game. I hope he can stay healthy. He is a force when healthy. Um, but yeah, he looked good in his snaps. He played a decent amount of the game. I want to say at least the full quarter, maybe a little bit more. But he looked good. And uh, on the Brown side, anyways, uh, Kellen Mond will not be the backup. Dorian Thompson-Robinson should be the backup for Watson going into the season. Uh, he was a guy coming out of UCLA. He had an arm. He is an athlete. He's just raw. He's a very raw player, but he showed up. He looked good. He looked way better than Kellen Mond. I expect him to take that job from Kellen Mond. Because that's the thing. Kellen Mond's not even the backup. I'm just realizing this now. Josh Dobbs is the backup for Cleveland right now. He didn't even play. So yeah, Kellen Mond is getting cut. DTR is 100% going to be that third string guy for the Browns. Uh, Browns potential future at quarterback because the Predator... uh, the nasty man, he is going to fail miserably this season, and I cannot wait. Um, okay, let's get into some news and notes. Uh, I completely missed in the last episode talking about that Rodgers pay cut, but Rodgers took a pay cut. Uh, I think instead of the 50 mil, he's going down to like 37 and a half. It frees up cap uh, if they want to make a move towards the deadline to really make that Super Bowl push. Uh there could be some good guys out there. Maybe the Raiders trade Devontae Adams. The one thing is, though, the Jets don't own either of their first or second round picks right now because it's all conditional based off if Aaron Rodgers plays. So they can't really move those picks. So that's big issue for them trying to attract anyone. Next offseason, it would obviously be different. But if you're like me and you think that Rodgers is starting the decline of his career, uh, I don't think it really matters what you can get an aging quarterback uh, but yeah, so that's the Rodgers pay cut. A uh, couple signings now. Logan Wilson, the Bengals linebacker, signed a four-year, $37.5 million deal. Honestly, that is an absolute steal for the Bengals. Logan Wilson is one of the better middle linebackers in the league right now. Uh, he forms a great duo with Jermaine Pratt for the Bengals front seven. Um, great player, great number to get him at... Uh, Big for the Bengals, who are looking to obviously give money to their big three guys in Burrow, Chase, and Higgins. Uh, getting Logan Wilson at, I think it's nine, nine-something a year. Good number. Good number. Uh, Cam Jordan, longtime saint, saint for life, looking like he will finish as a saint. Uh, signed a two-year, $27.5 million extension. Uh very solid at that number. Cameron Jordan is one of those guys who might be in the Hall of Fame. I think he might get in eventually. He does have the sack numbers. He's always been very, very productive his entire career. Saints keep a good one for them. And speaking of the Saints, running back Alvin Kamara has been suspended for three games for his incident at the 2022 Pro Bowl. Uh, if you don't remember what happened, basically uh, Alvin Kamara's group of friends I mean you shouldn't even call a group of guys who beat up one guy your friends but uh his friends his whatever his crew that he hangs out with uh they just beat the shit out of some fan in one of the Vegas casinos uh whether or not Alvin Kamara was actually involved I don't think he will I think he was there I don't think he actually took part in the beating but nonetheless you only get three games uh for having your crew beat up one person. Uh, It's a three-game suspension in the NFL. 
brutal. But what it means for the Saints, the Saints were looking at Kareem Hunt. They brought him in for a visit. Uh, they did not sign him. So right now it is Jamal Williams' backfield. Not not great. Uh, I think the Saints will bring in someone else at running back because there's still a lot of good guys on the running back market. Uh, sticking in the NFC South, uh, Devin White still wants to be the highest paid linebacker. Uh, if you're keeping track, Roquan Smith is currently the highest paid linebacker, and I think he's around $20 million. And that's like exceeds everybody. Um, Devin White still thinks it's his rookie season. He still thinks it's 2020 and the Bucks are Super Bowl champions. That's when he was good. He has not performed to that level or even near to that level since that season. He's been solid. He's been fine. He's still a superb talent, but... He just does not have all of it right now. Uh, he needs to be much, much better. Like, he doesn't even deserve top 10 linebacker money right now. Uh, asking for being the highest paid, absolutely del- delusional. He'll figure it out, though, hopefully. Um, all right, let's get into a couple of signings. Uh, Yannick Ngakwe, the free agent, the... Where, where, where has he been? He's been started off in Jacksonville, then he was a Colt. Then he was a Raider for a bit. Then he was a Raven. Now he is, uh, he's on the Bears. He's honestly the Bears' best edge rusher. Um, Talking in that uh, NFC North preview last year and talking about the Bears, I was saying that the Bears need help on their front seven. The secondary secondary has some pieces. The front seven needs some work. Yannick Ngakwe definitely passed his prime, but still a productive edge rusher. for them, like he won't get double-digit sacks, but he'll definitely be close to it. Hopefully, um, speaking of another pass rusher, Panthers sign Justin Houston uh, will be playing opposite Brian Burns, which is nice. I mean, Justin Houston has just been productive forever, almost longtime Chief. Then he went to the Colts. Then he went to the Ravens. Really following that Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, he's been Yannick Ngakwe's teammate a couple times, but. Uh, the Panthers get a good one, especially this late in the process. Great vet addition. Um, and former Cleveland Browns safety John Johnson is back home with the LA Rams. The Rams need some help on that defense. John Johnson uh, definitely, definitely is an improvement over who they had at safety. Oh, I'm trying to remember the names on that depth chart when uh, when I was talking about it. I think, like, Russ Yeast is a guy that might have been starting for them at safety, or, like, Kobe Durant. Uh, not great people. So, good that the Rams at least got one of their guys back, someone who's familiar with the system that they run. Uh, new Atlanta Falcon Jeff Okuda was carted off at practice. However, it was not as serious as people thought initially. He's expected to be back early on in the season. It's very good news for the Falcons who are relying on Okuda to take that step that people thought at his draft projection. Uh, We'll talk about more in the NFC South preview with him, but um, he needs to have a big year for the Falcons, for this Falcons defense and secondary to hopefully be what it could be. uh, Because I sneakily like the Falcons defense, and we'll talk about that more in a bit. Um, we'll keep going. A couple more suspensions. Uh, Chiefs edge rusher Charles Menahue and uh, Seahawks wide receiver Dwayne Eskridge both sus- suspended six games for domestic violence issues. Uh, just shitty, shitty people sh- doing shitty things. Uh, 
only getting six games. Not great. Uh, if, we're, if we're talking about just from a pure football perspective, uh, the Chiefs losing a Menahue, I think they, they were relying him to take on what Frank Clark was doing last year. Uh, now I don't know who their other edge rush guy is. Uh, obviously, they have George Karlaftis, but they were hoping that a Menahue would be... Uh, big for them early on in the season he is obviously he will not be there and Wayne Eskridge for Seattle they drafted Jackson Smith and Jigba to take his role in the slot uh this might be the beginning of the end of the career for Dwayne Eskridge uh the first official uh NFL depth charts came out today nothing really notable except for one the Buccaneers put out their depth chart and had the quarterback QB1 listed as Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask. There was a little literal or in the depth chart. It was Baker Mayfield, QB1, and then or Kyle Trask in the QB2 slot. But obviously they're still undecided uh, when you're picking between ass and cheeks. um, It's kind of what you get. You... (laughs) It won't be great for the Bucks, and uh, Moob and I did an excellent job of explaining why it is not looking good for the Bucks. Um, and lastly, we got some few uh, smaller signings from around the league. Lions have signed Teddy Bridgewater to be their backup quarterback, obviously with Hendon Hooker still coming back from his knee injury that he suffered in college. Uh, this gives them a reliable backup uh, behind Jared Goff. Someone who's, again, solid, won't elevate, but he won't sink the ship, hopefully. Uh, Kenyon Drake has signed with the Colts um, after Jonathan Taylor kind of holding out, missing practices. And uh, with the injury of Zach Moss, the Colts needed to bring someone in. Kenyon Drake is that guy. Um, The Eagles have signed Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham, giving them some linebacker depth. Uh, Both Jack and Cunningham were both... uh, high round picks at one point. I think they were both day two picks. I don't know if they were... I think Miles Jack might have snuck into the back end of round one. I'm trying to remember. Either way, good linebacker depth for the Eagles. Uh, I'm just interested where N'Kobe Dean is going to play. And I think N'Kobe Dean is a player that a lot of us enjoyed. Uh, We thought he was very versatile, could cover any move all over the field, very instinctual. And I don't know if he's getting lost in the shuffle here, but he's going to have to fight for some reps. Uh, the Vikings have signed former uh, Patriots first-round pick, Nikhil Harry, to their squad. Uh, Nikhil Harry does nothing in terms of uh, catching the ball. He is a good run blocker, though. Uh, interested to see what he can do. A little bit of a nothing signing, but it is a name. He is a former first-round pick. Uh, speaking of former Patriots, Trey Flowers has signed back with the Patriots after spending last year in Miami. He only played 5% of the snaps for Miami. Uh, I don't know if he got hurt. I'm trying to remember. Either way, uh, it's a guy who knows how to his best years were in that Patriot system. Uh, it's it's good depth. That's all you can say. It's a good depth piece. Uh, the Dolphins, after looking in the defensive tackle market, trying to find some more depth, they signed veteran Deshaun Hand, who previously played for the Lions. Again, just solid depth. We already have our interior starting three with Wilkins, Siler, and Davis. This just gives someone who can come in and take some snaps when those boys need a rest. And last signing, 
uh, long-time tight end, just tight end in general. Mercedes Lewis is signed with the Bears. He was originally a first-round pick in 2006. He will be going into his 13th NFL season. Am I doing that? Oh, no, I'm way off. He will be going into his... Oh, my God, why am I so bad at math? We go 10. That brings us to 2016. Seven years. 17th season for Mercedes Lewis. That was... I was astonishingly bad how... It's been a day. It's been a day. What can I say? Um, Yeah. Um... But yeah, good for him for still being in the league. That's good vet presence for them. He's still a good run blocker. Uh, I'll be interested to see how much he gets on the field for them. And we'll finish it off with a couple more lighthearted stories or more stories that like about the NFL more than anything. Uh, we got an Urban Meyer story. Even though he did not finish a full season as the Jags head coach, stories keep coming out about why he is the worst head coach in NFL history. Um, so there's a story of Jag safety Andrew Wingard. They were holding a players meeting and it came up that Wingard said it was tough that, you know, it's a rookie head coach and it's a rookie quarterback and it's hard for things to meld in the first with two guys who, 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 who are new on the job. Uh, somehow that got back to Urban and he called Wingard and basically said, uh, why are you calling me a rookie head coach? How disrespectful. How could you? Like, uh, if you weren't you, I would cut you right now. Uh, so Ur- Urban Meyer is a sociopath. I think that that has been proven already. But the man's just insane. Like, he he is a rookie head coach. He was great in college, but he has never been an NFL coach. And he flamed out terribly awful 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 and basically how the story ended was Wingard had to basically suck back up it's like oh I'm so sorry coach you're so great whoa I didn't mean to call you a rookie head coach blah 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 and then obviously he didn't get cut and Urban Meyer then left the team uh or got fired in whatever week he did terrible fucking coach ugh and he kicked Josh Lambeau he kicked his kicker Um, and last story on the day, this literally just happened today, but, uh, Colin Cowturd, uh, put out a list of quarterbacks who can't win a Super Bowl, and on this list, he explicitly named on air Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, who tragically passed away, I think, 16 months ago, uh, brutal, brutal death, but yeah, just... I don't know who it was. Was it the intern putting together this list? Because what the list was, was it supposed to be, I think, like, high-round quarterbacks drafted since 2013. And just, like, a big list of them, of guys that can't. Because the whole list was, like, Paxton Lynch, Johnny Manziel, EJ Manuel, Dwayne Haskins. Um, Yeah, either way. There was a bunch of guys like that on the list who don't even play in the NFL anymore and haven't for a while. Blake Bortles, who is notably retired. Obviously, they can't win a Super Bowl. Uh, So the list got passed through. And first of all, there was also a error on that. It was quarterbacks who can win a Super Bowl and listed all those guys. Uh, Cowherd said on air that obviously it was supposed to be can't, but it was just a big list of quarterbacks who haven't been in the NFL. And no one penned through and took out all the guys who who aren't even in the NFL anymore. Uh, 
just lazy. Like you have so many people there producing and editing and things like that shouldn't slip through the crack when you're that big of a sports media personality. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing for Colin Cowherd. This is why I'm not a fan of his because I feel like he's just always lazy. They always put out the least amount of effort possible and just disrespecting Dwayne Haskins. It's a bad look. This is why I am not a fan of Colin Cowherd and I never will be. Okay, um, that is it for the NFL Weekly Update. Let's get into the divisional breakdowns with Moob. Uh, division breakdown. Joining me this week, we have fan Moob. Moob, you haven't been on the show in a while, but I am happy to have you here to break down. Yeah, I'm uh, also uh, very happy to be back on. You know, like I've been moving and stuff like that during the draft season. So I wasn't really, uh, you know, didn't have the setup properly and everything to to be on and do the show. So I'm, I'm glad that all is, all has been sorted out now. So, yeah, I'm uh, glad to talk some, um, some South football, you know, Southern football, AFC, NFC. And uh, yeah, let's, let's get it started. Okay, uh, we'll start off with the AFC. We'll start with the second worst spot here, the Houston Texans, 3-11 to end their 2022 season. Uh, notable additions for this offseason, Robert Woods, G. Ward, Sheldon Rankins, Shaq Griffin, Dalton Schultz, and Devin Singletary. Uh, for the notable losses, Agonia Alcoronquo and Brandon Cooks. Uh, obviously, that doesn't include their uh, draft classes because that was the Texan. Seemingly, have to be a future. Uh, drafted Will Anderson as well. He will hopefully be that building block for D'Amico Ryan's, who is also another huge add for them. I'm I'm enjoying where the Texans are going right now. I think that they're a young team and they have building blocks and. I think they're trending up for right now anyways. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. See, uh, for all the clowning we did this time last year, uh, they're taking the right steps in the right direction. Like you said, really good young coaching staff. Miko Ryans um, should, you know, light a, light a charge in that defense, that really young defense. I like their pieces. I really like their draft. Getting a cornerstone quarterback, cornerstone defensive player, put that alongside Derek Stingley from, from last year. And, you know, I, I really like the, the moves now. Will they be competitive this year? I don't think so, but I don't think it's really about this year or maybe even next year. I think they're finally rebuilding for the foreseeable future. That's three to four or five years, which is something they needed to do for the last couple mm-hmm. of years. Now. So we're glad to see them finally take the steps in the right direction. Yeah, the the Texans, again, we've been saying it, they're building in the right direction. This is truly year one to see if they will be contending still on Stroud's rookie contract. And what helps all young quarterbacks are is a good, great offensive line. And the Texans kind of have that right now. I don't know when it happened, but the Texans have a sneaky good offensive line. Obviously, Laramie Tunsil, the best, one of the best left tackles in football. Uh, Kenyon Green, young guard. They drafted Juice Scruggs uh, out of Penn State. So Colby Center. Ray 
or Shaq Mason, one of the most solid, dependable O-line in the league right now. And right tackle Titus Howard, who I think we all clowned at one point, but he has solidly developed into a very good young tackle for them. Uh, but other than that, like that's, that is their building block on offense. And they got that run game with Amy Peters. Uh, the team is just very, very young, especially at the wide receivers. And that's kind of one of my first knocks on them is they are still a very, very young team. A lot of these guys have to play their ass off. Like John Mechie, Nico Collins, they just drafted Tank Dell. One of those guys should step up to be the number one guy, but I just don't know who it's going to be. And Stroud's going to have to figure that out for himself. Yeah, he's, he's definitely going to have to figure it out. They have a real young and experienced receiving core. But, uh, I mean, I, I think I'd much rather at this point have a, a great offensive line and then figure out the receiving pieces uh, along the way. You don't yeah. want your yeah. young, young quarterback get beat up and, you know, year year three, year four, he's he's already starting to feel the, the effects of the battle online. So, yeah, we're, at least they have that that building block up front, and they can just rely on the on the run game and play action for now, and then you know slowly but surely add to the department in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, even though they did add Will Anderson uh, in the draft. That's kind of their only major hoping that Will Anderson is that dude. Derek Stingley is the guy that they hope that they drafted. Uh, there's a lot of holes on this defense, and I think that will be the downfall of them. I think D'Amico Ryan's will do a good job. But you don't have a defense. Like Will Anderson, Derek Stingley, Jared defense. Everyone else is a solid NFL there, but like, there's no other great young guys to me and item. But, uh, sorry. Oh, no, I just said I agree. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think we kind of talked about the Texans enough. I think we're both. They're an ascending team. They're not there yet. Where do you have their floor and ceiling for this season? I would say their floor is probably about four wins. I mean, th things could, could get, go really bad. Again, the offense uh, leaves much to be desired. Their defense as well. So, again, mm -hmm. they're, they're still they're rebuilding. So, I'd say the floor is about four, get four wins. And I would tap their ceiling out at about seven. I, I think that for that to happen, everything would need to go according to plan. Like they would need uh, CJ Stroud to be who, like many like scouts thought that he would be, right? Like being in the top three pick in the draft. You always want those guys to, uh, to turn into uh, franchise players and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, if if everything's according to plan, uh, if Will Anderson's a stud, if John Mechie could you know make himself a real reliable receiver in the NFL. And Damian Pierce can continue to run the ball like a madman. And yeah, I think it's a theme from that uh, seven win to four win kind of tier. Yeah. I think that, yeah, I think that's kind of pretty close what I have their floor. I didn't do like specific win totals with my floor and ceiling, but the floor is like top 10 pick. I don't know if they'll be bad enough to be in those top five teams, but with that being said, I don't think there's a lot of teams that 
other than maybe the Cardinals, and then we'll talk about the Bucks coming up uh, that are truly bad. So I think top ten pick. I think they'll be a little bit worse or a little bit better. Playing uh, anyway, kind of like you. I have around five hundred, whether that be nine and eight, eight and nine, seven and ten, somewhere around is. If things do go well for them, if Stroud is that guy, if the run game gets going behind the offense line, if one of the receivers play like takes that step up, separates some other guys, if Will Anderson comes in and is that dude immediately. Not pieces, it's a weak division too. Uh, but I think around five hundred is kind of their limit. I don't think they'll push for the playoffs or even the uh, um, and with that, I guess let's move over to the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I thought the Colts were going to be a playoff team last year, uh, bringing in Matt Ryan. I was like, oh, run game. Their offensive line still pretty good. Watch out for the defense. Uh, that all fell apart immediately almost. Matt Ryan gets benched. Mike Wright gets fired. Saturday gets hired. One in. They blow some amazing losses to the Vikings. Our stage one of a rebuild. Frank or another GM keeps his job. Uh, notable additions anyway. Stanton Cam, uh, Kier Matt Gay, really a lot. Notable losses: Carrie Stephon Gilmore, and Paris Campbell, along with Matt Ryan joining the CBS booth. Uh, uh, let's start off with the good, though, Moob, and I'll let you take control of what, what do you like about the Colts this year? Gosh, all oh, right. So what I like about the Colts this year, I mean, is that they finally stopped going for these veteran, old-ass, trash quarterbacks that's not getting them nowhere. You know, like, yeah. I, I really like them taking a shot at Anthony Richardson, like, Worst case scenario, if he doesn't turn out to be the player that you want to be, he he has the type of floor that you're going to be right back in the same pick where you were previously forgetting. So if if he turns out to uh, to to not be an NFL caliber quarterback, I, I'd imagine they'll be right back in the top five um, in the next couple of years, you know, so they can get another QB if they want. So I like them going for, I like them swinging for the fences. Um, now, do I think they're at the same level as the Houston Texans in terms of, like, for the future? No, I would probably slightly peg them just a tad below just because uh, I like the – I prefer the, the building blocks on defense and the O-line. Uh, the Colts had a really strong O-line for a few years, but some of the guys retired, some of the guys have taken a step back, and uh, – and yeah, but overall, I, I think similar to the Texans, it's going to be a long rebuild for, for a couple of years, but I certainly like the, the way they approach it and the way they're going right now. Yeah, and I mean, I guess let's just talk about Anthony Richardson. I mean, I feel like he's been calm to your guy, Cam Newton, and he does have similar traits. He's a mobile quarterback, cannon of an arm. Uh, I mean, I so uh, I did episode that chance to have a better rookie season than his rookie year, which is definitely a take considering Cam Newton's Cam Newton's rookie year was absolutely insane. But there's there's pieces on this offense, especially fancy 
come back and be that dude running back in the NFL. I'm a fan of Michael Pittman. I don't think he's the wide receiver one, but he is a very good high-end wide receiver two. Uh, Alec Pierce flashed in his moments. They drafted Josh Downs. The offensive line is solid. You hope that it gets better from what it was last year. Nelson definitely did not have uh, that great of a season, even though I think he's still got his Pro Bowl nod. That shows the Pro Bowl's shit, but like if everything goes right for the Colts, it's it's looking good. A lot of it relies on Anthony Richardson, though. Uh, with the defense, though, it's I like the four spotter. I like Shaq Leonard. I like Kenny Moore. And everyone else is kind of a question mark on that defense. There's not a lot really that you can like. There's a lot of guys who you break out. Uh, Quiddy Pay, uh, like, uh, Julia Brents, uh, who he killed the combine. But a lot of question marks for the defense. They drafted a shit ton of athletes, though, on that defense. It's, it'll, be, it'll be something. I... Not a lot of high expectations for the Colts this year, though. Yeah, neither no. neither do I. Not not too much uh, expectations. A win for them is probably uh, developing their their young players and figuring out if Matthew Richardson can play or not. So again, I, I mm-hmm. think they're building for twenty twenty five and on. But anything they get now is just crazy. Yeah. Uh, for. Floor and ceiling for the team. Their floor is definitely right back where they were this year, which is a top five pick. Uh, if Anthony Richardson even just has an okay year, like the offense will go as far as he goes. And if he just has an okay, he's really learning the NFL type year. It's going to be bad for them. Uh, ceiling though. Again, I think like the Texans, they can be around 500. I think probably Below 500 is the real uh, answer. There's no way they have that nine and eight running winning record. But uh, if Anthony Richardson, I just said it, the offense will go as far as he goes. The team will go as far as he goes. And if he's absolutely incredible, like a lot of people expect him to be, it's going to be hard to stop that offense. Yeah, I there, I don't think there's a team that has as much variance based off of the performance of their quarterback because again just as him as a prospect he's kind of like a boomer bust type so if he is who what his ceiling could be then then the ceiling is uh for this team even this season you know maybe be nine wins which would be insane after the couple of seasons they've had with the with the vet, veteran qbs that they've had but but yeah i would mm-hmm. i would stick to the similar type of feeling where uh, bottom, bottom. Uh, sorry, top five pick is like their their floor, and ceiling is right around seven, eight, maybe nine wins. Nine at if Andy mm-hmm. Richardson is like Cam or something, but that's uh, yeah, that, that's what I guess. Yeah, and I guess I should add before uh, going on to the Titans here, but they did hire Shane Steichen to be their new head coach off the Philly uh, off. Coordinator. So you see what he did with Jalen Hurts over there in Philadelphia. You would hope that he can translate a lot of that, that to what hopefully do with Anthony Richards. So 
I bring up the coaching hire before we move on. Uh, but let's move on now to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, kind of running this division for the last couple of years, finished year seven and ten. I think they went on a seven-game losing streak to end the year. Uh, was not pretty. They were hurt. They're killed by injuries last year, but notable additions for them. Uh, Andre Dillard, Arden Key, Aziz Ayer, uh, Daniel Brunskill, and Sean Murphy Bunning. The losses, Nate Davis, DeMarc Walker, Robert Woods, David Long, and Bud Dupree. Um, I think I've already made this bet. Oh, I also, how can I forget? DeAndre Hopkins is a Tennessee Titan. Um, I definitely made this before that happened, but uh, I've already made the bet that the Titans are going to win this division uh, just because Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel is the only thing that I need uh, to believe in this Titans team. And if they're healthy, if Derrick Henry is the Derrick Henry we've seen, the best running back of this generation, uh, they'll keep going. I think that defense is still very, very good, but I mean... Ryan is quarterback. The receiving options are definitely better now that Hawkins is there, but there's a lot to be, uh, a lot to be desired coming from the Titans right now. What are your thoughts on the Yeah, so uh, I actually feel uh, like, a, like a similar way to uh, for, for the Titans. Like a lot of people are like, you know, this division's horrible. It's going to be the Jags running away with it. And I'm just sitting here thinking, like, with the scraps of the team that they had last year, they almost won in vision. And they're only going to get better. Yeah. You just said, like, the notable, like, departures. Like, they didn't, you know, Robert Woods, I'm sorry, he didn't do, he didn't do much. Like, Bud Dupree, yeah, okay, no. whatever. But, like, they're, they're only going to get healthier. They're going to get their guys back. And, like, Traylon Burks is going to be second year in the NFL. He should develop. Got DeAndre Hopkins. Unless you anticipate Derrick Henry just falling off a cliff, I don't see how this team will be like a bottom feeder. Like they're they're gonna be in a lot of games. That's just how they are. They're hard, like hard working, tough nosed like football team. Like they'll be in every game, like you said, because uh, Mike Rabel. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if I'd say they'd win a division, but they're definitely gonna be competing well into January for 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 the uh AFC North, uh, sorry, AFC South, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think were the Titans not did they not have like a one of them like week seven, eighteen a chance to play the Jets for the division to win the division essentially last year. I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, like uh, they finished. Yeah. Again, like you said, they finished. They, so they finished on a six-game losing streak, and. Um, I think it was what they played the Jags and they lost them twice. So those those results flip and yeah. there's the division winner right there. It's a different, yeah. It's a it's, um exactly. Um, so I I want to talk about this defense. I really like this Titans defense. It obviously with Jeffrey Simmons, he got a big bag in the off season. Uh, but someone who doesn't get a shine he really deserves is Harold Landry, the third uh, coming back. He's back-to-back, like, season-ending injuries. I know he missed all of last year, but I think his last fully healthy season, he had 16 and a half sacks. 
this man is a terror of the edge, and people will forget that if he's fully healthy for them. I'm expecting the defense to be great. Uh, Christian Fulton, good young corner, drafted Roger McCreary last year. He needs to step up, and now they at least have help with some depth in the secondary with Sean Murphy. This is a very good defense, and I mean, I keep saying it. You have a good defense. You have a good run game. It's easy to control the clock. It's the Patriots' method. It's why the Pats are still competitive in all these games, even though they got shit play at quarterback. It's good run game, good defense. It trumps all. Uh, but I guess let's start talking about the bad. Uh, the bad is Ryan Tannehill. If they had anyone else in at quarterback, I would be confident in this Titans team to potentially win this division. Hell, I already bet them winning the division with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Uh, he's just, he's hurt a lot at this point, and it is what it is. They hopefully drafted Will Levis to be his replacement, but I don't think you want him playing at all this year. But it's really, if Ryan Tannehill is my big issue for them. And the offensive line, the offensive line does stink. Uh, Andre Dillard gets a chance to actually play left tackle after being on the fucking Eagles forever, uh, and they drafted Pierre Skronsky. I don't know why, but ESPN has Skronsky as their left guard, even though he should be the right tackle, especially since uh, NPF got suspended for six games for gambling because he's a bozo. Uh, but... Yeah, Tannehill in the offensive line. I still think the offensive line could be. I th- I think the offensive line will be better than it was last year. I can say that. Yeah, well, they they would have to try really hard to be worse than, than what they were last year. That team was, uh, you know, put together with with duct tape on, especially on that offensive line. Not very good. Offense as a whole was terrible. They might have had the, and this is coming from a Carolina Panthers fan. They had, must have had the worst off uh, receiving core in the league last year. <laughs> I think it was like I don't think anyone had like what more than like 500 yards or something like that. Like it was it was a bunch of, no. of like really terrible guys and and, and they almost like, beat the Chiefs. They almost beat yeah. the Chiefs. Yeah, it was crazy. Malik Willis, right? uh, I was in the Malik Willis game. Yeah, with like five completions or whatever he had. And Mahomes, I think, threw like 65 passes that game with him on the stage or something like that. Yeah, it's this is this is a team that will be a tough out. Uh, Let's go to a little floor and ceiling, though, for them. Uh, I think floor is a top five pick. I think the wheels could fall off very easily for this team. Uh, it all, it really all relies on Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. It really all relies on Derrick Henry, if I'm really being honest. If he goes down, there goes the entire offense. Doesn't matter if you bring in Hopkins. Doesn't matter if Burks has a big second year. <laughs> Uh, if Derrick Henry goes down, that's it for them. So I think top five pick could very well happen. Ceiling, though, I think they can still win the division. Again, if everything goes right, if everyone stays healthy, no injuries to Han- Tannehill and Henry, I think this is a way better team than they were last year. I think the defense is better. I think that the offense is better. Mike Brable is a hell of a coach. Uh could be nice for the Titans this year. Also could be terrible. That's why it's tough. It's it's tough year coming for the Titans. It's going to go one way or the other. I, I think the uh, – so for the four, for me, I think the only way that they'd be picking top five would be if they figured out after the first couple of weeks that season's over, like nothing's going well, and then you just sell 
you know, whatever, whatever pieces is left on the team. Or if Derrick Henry's washed and DeAndre Hopkins washed, then in that event, then uh, yeah, season's over. He win five games and, you know, he reevaluated next year. But other than that, I, I think you're absolutely right with the, uh, the chance of them winning the division for sure. That like, I'd say their ceiling is probably double digit wins, winning the division and, you know, playing the Jaguars extremely freaking tough because I feel like with the Jaguars offense and everything, the Titans defense is like built to like stop that down, you know, and give them real problems. So yeah, I'd say ceiling, double digit wins, win the division, floor, probably like yeah, four or five wins, five, five picks and like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, start off with the last team, the team that won this division. The Jacksonville, oh my god, Jacksonville Jaguars going from first overall to nine and eight, making the playoffs, having an unbelievable comeback against the choker of the year. Uh I'm not gonna say who that is because there are multiple people who should share that mantle on the Chargers. Um yeah, this was a Jags team out of nowhere last year. Did not expect this to happen. Uh, we'll start off with the notable additions. There's really only one. It's Dearness Johnson. Uh, I guess you could kind of say Calvin Ridley because he didn't play last year and he was suspended, but he did get traded last season. But uh, Dearness Johnson, backup running back for them now. Honestly, he's just kind of like Travis Etienne already. So it makes sense that he'd be the backup. Uh, notable losses, though, Jawan Taylor, Shaq Griffin, Arden Key, and Marvin Jones. Um, starting off with the good, this offense, man, this offense looks very, very good on paper. Like, especially seeing all of those clips from Calvin Ridley, uh, in training camp right now, he looks locked and loaded, ready to go. I know I have already found a great line for his, uh, yardage total for the season. I think it's at 875 right now. Uh, hammer that over if. He stays healthy. He is clearing a thousand yards, no problem. I hope he doesn't uh, handle the over, though. Probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> uh God, yeah. That I mean, he started it all, and all of these fucking NFL players are just keep following him now. It's yeah. ridiculous. Uh you got Calvin Ridley. Christian Kirk was a thousand yard receiver last year. He really broke out with Trevor Lawrence. I just talked about ETN. He's great out of the backfield. Evan Ingram got a bag this offseason. I don't think a lot of people expected that, but he resurrected his career. Uh, this could be a Trevor Lawrence MVP season. I think that he has the guys around him to make it work. I think he's in a bad enough division where he will get the stats that he needs. Everything's looking up Jags right now, and haven't been able to say that. I mean, I guess since 2017, but even then, Blake Bortles was their quarterback, and I think we all knew that it was the fucking – I can't think of it before, so I'll just let you talk now. <laughs> yeah, uh, this this Jaguars uh, offense in particular, they've been able to completely turn around. Like, like you said, those 2017-2018 Jags completely reliant on their run game and their defense. They've completely flipped that switch now. They're they're going to be a pass-heavy team with like three or four really really solid receivers. I love that they kept their core together, their main group of guys, and then added to it with with the addition of Calvin Ridley finally being able to play this year. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think uh, I, I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have this season that a lot of people, I'm not going to say who, but a lot of people thought that Justin Herbert was going to have last year, right? Where you <laughs> say that he's an MVP contender, watch out for them in the Super yeah. Bowl, you know, that really explosive offense. But yeah, I, I, I really like their offense. Their defense is no slouch either. Now you can say what, what you want about uh, choking. Was it choking? Was it good defense? Was it a combination of both? Who knows? It was a bad coaching, but their defense really got out after in the second half of that game against the Chargers. And, and they got some some pretty solid pieces, like nothing to go get too crazy over, but but I think their defense is good enough to keep them in games if their offense is, uh, is firing for sure. So, so yeah, I, I really like mm-hmm. this core and uh, I think they'll be – good not only for this season but for many years to come too yeah and i mean like we'll talk about some of those young guys on defense i mean josh allen is kind of the vet of the defense at this point and even then i think he was drafted 20 was he 2019 yeah i think he's 25 or something now yeah so josh allen uh they just drafted devin lloyd last season Right? And Trayvon Walker last season, because I think they had two first-round picks for some reason. Um, but, yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. But uh, Josh Allen, Devin Lloyd, Trayvon Walker, Tyson Campbell, who sl- slowly emerging as one of the top young corners in the league. Uh, and then I really love Andre Sisco starting at them for free safety. He was a ball hawk at Syracuse. He's been a ball hawk for them so far. It's a good defense. I, I was kind of dogging on the defense uh, a little bit, but they have a lot of guys kind of the chew model from what we found out today. He can just say, oh, all of these young guys are going to get better, and it's just it's going to happen if he says it. But yeah. uh, I think that's kind of one of the one of my like bad things for the Jaguars is the defense. The defense is still relatively unproven, and they made no major upgrades to it, uh, whether it be free agency or the draft. They're just kind of sticking with what they have. And I think what they have is solid, but I think some people do need to make those jumps to make it a legitimate top 15 defense in the league. And solid is probably all they need to be in order for exactly. them to, to make noise. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, like, and then, right. yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> okay. I'll say the, uh, the one last bad thing I have from them, like after these, like the the unproven defensive players, is their starting left tackle Cam Robinson is suspended for the first four games of the year. However, they drafted Anton Harrison to, I think, be their starting right tackle. Even though Walker Little is pretty good, and I think he played tackle for them a bit last year. They have guys to step in. Anton Harrison needs to step up immediately in that left tackle spot, though. Uh, Hopefully he doesn't play like a rookie and it doesn't really hamper the Jags, but I think the Jags should roll. Uh, I'll, I'll let you start with the floor and ceiling. But yeah, I'd say they're as for ceiling, I'd say uh, it is definitely to win the division, make it to another, uh, to make it to an AFC championship game. Now, I won't go as far as to say that they can go to the Super Bowl or anything crazy like that. Although we have seen crazier things, like with the Bengals did a couple of years ago. Nobody was expecting that coming into the season. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, I think they're, if they're de- their defense is going to be really important. 
like like I said about the Bengals, the Bengals, the reason they made the Super Bowl that year is because their defense stepped up big time in the playoffs. So if the Jaguars oh, yeah. get some real good production out of their defense and then their offense is who expect them to be, I think they can definitely make a run out of it in the AFC and compete with just about any, any team. And, the, yeah. and for their floor, um, probably 500. Yeah, I – I think that's pretty fair. I think floor for them, I have uh, losing the division. So I think it will be not enough for a wild card uh, if they do lose the division. Because uh, I only think one team in the AFC South will make the playoffs. That shouldn't come as a shock. So it's rather they lose lose, lose the division or they make the playoffs in my mind. Uh, for their ceiling, again, we said it, I think they have the ability to be the Super Bowl champs. Again, there's some questions, but I look at what they have on offense, what they're building, what the defense is building. I think they have a shot at potentially being a Super Bowl champion this year. Um, Okay, we'll finish off with the division awards, uh, you should say. Uh, Let's start off with breakout player. Um, And I'll go with Hugh Tex and Derek Stingley. Stingley definitely got overshadowed by Sauce Gardner and Tariq Woolen having absolutely incredible seasons. Stingley was fine last year, wasn't great. Uh, I'm expecting him to have a bigger year, especially with more of a front seven presence that can get to the quarterback this year, hopefully give him a little bit more time. But having D'Amico Ryans be his uh, head coach now, I think this is going to be a big year for Stingley and we'll prove why he was that third overall pick last season. I like that for sure. Like Stingley is a part of the new age of corners that have been coming into the league last couple of years. Like I'm thinking about Sertain, thinking about Horn, I'm thinking about Sauter, Woolen, and everything like that. And I think Stingley gets undershadowed by by all the other young, great corners in the NFL and Today's a uh, today's league, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think with with the full healthy off season and being able to come in and hopefully play a full seventeen game season, I, I think you'll be able to uh, shut uh, silence a lot of the uh, the, the doubters because again, wasn't able to play a complete college uh, career either. So uh, it's just about getting reps, getting comfortable, and I could definitely see him being a pro bowler and. Maybe even more, you know. So it's definitely a good pick. I was thinking about that too. Uh, for myself, uh, I have I went a different side of the ball. Uh, I went with Traylon Burks, and the reason I did was this team has a huge need Great for back. production from from the wide receiver spot. I think that DeAndre Hopkins is going to be able to open some things up for him. I think he's going to be able to learn from DeAndre Hopkins, and, and again, if you get a better offensive line, uh, healthy, better productive season from uh, Ryan Tannehill. I can I can definitely see a jump, maybe a thousand uh, yard season. He only had one touchdown, which is I think came off a broken play. I don't even think it was like I don't even think it was like thrown to him or anything. I think it was like a fumble. Wow, yeah, yeah. So so yeah, if if the Titans want to do anything this season, they're gonna need uh, some some. Uh, like a massive step from uh, Trevor Burks this season. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, he definitely flashed in the games that he played in last year. I'm, 
It would not shock me again if things go right for the Titans if Traylon Burks has a bigger role in this offense or even outproduces Hopkins this year. Uh, that would take a big season from him, but I think he has the potential to do that. Uh, I mean, let's go into Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. It was one or the other QB. Uh, I obviously went with Anthony Richardson just because that ceiling is much, much higher uh, I don't really think I have to explain that one because he's just that great of a talent. Uh, so Anthony Richardson, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, same. I also, you know, you only have two choices, really. I went with Richardson as yeah. well. Uh, and the reason is is because he's liable to give you a 1,000 yards on the ground and 10 touchdowns right out, right out the gate. And mm-hmm. even, if he, even if he only throws for 10 to 12 touchdowns and has like 10 picks or something, that rushing production is probably going to take him over the edge. Um, and unless CJ Stroud has this unbelievable, super efficient season, I, I, I think it's Richardson as the word to lose. Yeah. Uh, right, well, since we had the same one, I'll let you start with defensive rookie of the year. As I'm right, assuming so, we'll have the same. So, again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you look at the defensive class for this division, there's uh, not really much to choose from. I'm pretty sure the first three rounds, there was only one defensive player taken out of those four teams, yeah. which is yeah. Julius Brents. So, I mean, this is kind of like, uh, you know, like it really is his to lose. I mean, like there's nobody else unless like there, there's some undrafted player that plays better than him, which is entirely possible, by the way. Well, uh, wait, yeah. wait, wait. So you're picking Julius Brents as your defensive <laughs> rookie of the year for this season? <laughs> yeah, there's uh, – who else is – I'm who? looking at it in the – from the uh, from the oh yeah Will sorry. Anderson Will oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm tripping I I think I think what what happened was I was looking at the uh, the, the draft class and I'm like all right the the, the Texans the, their first round pick was CJ um, Stroud yeah CJ Stroud and then I just like moved on to the next team and I was like all right but, but yeah no no but Julius Brent's gonna be sneaky though really you know, he's gonna be real sneaky so I'm kidding he is yeah, he's gonna two, start with him anyway so yeah, so I I guess that's two defensive players in the whole division that were taken in the first three rounds, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, no, Will Anderson, self-explanatory. I, I, I'm I, sure even if he yeah. has three sacks in the season, he'd still be the best uh, defensive rookie. So. <laughs> probably, probably. Uh, okay, offensive player of the year. Uh, I'm going to go with the best offensive player in this division. It's going to be Derrick Henry. Uh, Derrick Henry stays fully healthy. He will have 10 touchdowns on the year. He'll have 1,500 yards. He will carry this Titans offense as far as he'll go. Uh, yeah, Derrick Henry, Offensive Player of the Year. Yeah, I was considering between two players, Derrick Henry and Trevor Lawrence, and I really don't think it's fair to give Offensive Player of the Years and stuff like that to – to quarterbacks because they just get MVPs and, you know, the position players exactly. get no love, no love whatsoever. So, yep. so yeah, I completely agree with you. Best player, best offensive skilled position player in the division by a mile, maybe. I mean, I like, I love Travis Etienne, but yeah, I don't think, you know, like nice. he's anything close to uh, Derek Henry. He's able to, you know, carry an offense to himself. So yeah, like everything you just said, Derek Henry, definitely, uh, my offense player of the year for this division. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Defensive player of the year, I'm going to stick with the Tennessee Titans. I talked about him a bit already. It's Harold Landry. I think if Harold Landry stays healthy, he has the chance to have 12-plus sack season. Uh, He's done it before already, especially with Simmons taking up a lot of the – or him getting a lot of the attention. It frees up a one-on-one matchup for him on the outside. Uh, I'm hoping that Harold Landry has a big season this year. Yeah, he's uh, Harold Landry, like you said. When, when he's healthy, he's a difference maker. Question is, you just got to be on the field, especially when you yeah. have someone like Jeffrey Simmons who's going to take up a lot of double teams for you and you know free up a lot of that space for you to get one-on-ones in the outside. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great pick. I'm also leading on that on the Titans team as well. I'm just going Jeffrey Simmons because I, you know, I don't want to overthink it. He's probably yeah. the best defensive player in, in that division. I mean, I don't think it's probably, probably he's definitely the best defensive uh, player. If, if I'm really thinking is, about yeah. it, and um, and yeah, I I think he's gonna he's gonna have a huge difference uh, this season. I, I think he's gonna be a catalyst to why the Titans have such a uh, great season. So yeah, I'm going with uh, Jeffrey Simmons as the Defensive player of the year for that uh, AFC South. All right. Uh, AFC South MVP, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I mean, I even said I think he has an outside chance to be the league MVP. So in the MVP in this division, should not be that hard for him. Uh, so Trevor Lawrence MVP. Yeah, same same here. Again, like... Yeah, doesn't have much like to, to compete with. The only other person is probably Derrick Henry, and you know how much how much impact yeah. is he going to have compared to the impact that Trevor Lawrence is going to have. So, so yeah, I, I don't. Again, mm-hmm. a lot. Of, I feel like a lot of these picks for this division because it's so weak and so weird that a lot of these players and picks and stuff are going to be similar to each other. So yeah, again, same with you, Trevor Lawrence. Okay, and to finish it off, division winner, I'm assuming we both have the same, and it is the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Okay, All right, that wraps up the AFC South. Let's move over to the NFC so we can talk some mad shit about some of these NFC South teams. Uh, we'll start off with, so this is the thing. I was trying to remember who actually came last in this division because it was the Bucks eight and nine, and then the Saints, Falcons, and Panthers all at seven and ten to finish one of the worst divisions in like NFL history. Just, everyone was just okay. Uh, I think the Falcons came last though, right? The Falcons. So it was Bucks, Panthers, Saints, Falcons. Oh, okay. I thought it was Saints, Panthers, but yeah, I think yeah, you're definitely right. Ah. Uh, so, yeah, let's start off with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, definitely a season that not a lot of people expected from them. Uh, I remember this time last year in the offseason, a lot of people thought that the Falcons had an outside chance at being the number one overall pick, the worst team in football. They greatly exceeded those expectations, finishing 7-10. and 10. And let's start off with some notable additions. We got Jesse Bates, David Onyemata, Caden Ellis, Taylor Heineke, Jeff Fukuda, Calais Campbell, Bud Dupree, and Mike Hughes. Uh, notable losses for them. Only Marcus Mariota and Isaiah Oliver. Um, let's start off with the good here. So this Falcons team, 
they ran the ball a lot last year, whether it was with Cordero Patterson, just a weapon, uh, or rookie Tyler Algier, who finished. I think he broke the Falcons' rookie rushing record, had a very good year, ended up with 1,000 yards. Uh, and they went and decided, doesn't matter how good the running game was last year. I think it was top five in the league. They went after Bijan Robinson to make that run game even better behind this already great run blocking offensive line. And they added another rocker to that in Matthew Bergeron, who I think will start at left guard for them. But this is, they're just going to play. They're going to turn back the clock. They're going to go back 60 years and they're just going to run the ball down everyone's throat. They don't care if Esmer cannot throw the ball. They are going to run the ball all over you. I said it in my hot take. I think Bijan and Tyler Algier have a chance to both rush for a thousand. <coughs> oh, goddamn. Uh, have a chance to both rush for a thousand yards. And that's not even mentioning guys like London, who did have a very rookie year, or Kyle Pitts, who we all know that that talent's in there for him. It hasn't shown it. Uh, they have a lot of. Their offense is really good. It's just Desmond Rivers quarterback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, the so what's what's really strange about what the Falcons have been doing this these last couple of years? Uh, they had an aging Matt Ryan, an aging Julio Jones, and usually you tank and you get a quarterback, and you, or you build a team and then you get a quarterback. But they've just constantly been kind of just going at it adding pieces slowly but surely. Uh, they spent a couple of picks on offensive line back in 2019, and then they get a tight end, then they get a wide receiver, and now they get a running back. So they've slowly but surely built up that entire offense except for um, quarterback, and which is, you know, the most important position on the field. But, yeah, their uh, offensive line dominating. I believe their top five last season, if I'm not mistaken. They got two really good running backs, like you said, could potentially rush for a 1,000 in the same season. My biggest issue with the offense is, other than uh, Drake London, I believe their wide receiver two is Matt Collins, yes, which sir. is uh, not a good thing. But, I mean, when you run the ball no. probably like 40 times a game, doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, and then they made some additions on defense. I really liked their their addition of uh, Jesse Bates because they had a really bad defense rate wise last year because their defense wasn't on the field very much because the offense was dominating time possession. But when they were on the field, they were getting absolutely gashed. So I love the addition of Jesse Bates and Clayus Campbell. So th those should be really two guys that should make a difference uh, on on that side of the ball. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, since we're just talking about their defense here, I think that their defensive unit is one of the most improved since last season. I mean, they added one, two, three, four, five, six starters on the defense. Uh, Calais Campbell, David Onyemata, Caden Ellis, Bud Dupree, Jesse Gates, and Fakuda got hurt off. I... Would have mentioned this in the top of the show, but since we haven't recorded that yet, uh, he's supposed to be fine, at least good for the start of the season-ish. So hopefully he actually stays healthy, but it's a 
good defense. It's a much, much better defense than last year. Uh, and I I want to say that this is the best roster in this division if you don't include quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I think it's close. Yeah, the, uh, again, like I said, they, they, their offense is like, for, like okay, if, if they had – it's almost as if their offense was built around a team that has someone like Lamar Jackson, except they don't have Lamar Jackson. They have uh, yeah. Desmond Ritter. So you're just like, okay, if they had the right guy there, this could potentially be like a 13 or 14 one team. Like that's how dominating the O-line is and how good of like uh, running backs and, you know, they have a good tight end, good wide receiver. So, but yeah, this is, this is definitely a talented roster from, from top to bottom offense defense. It's just that like, how good is River? Is he like a backup level quarterback? Is he worse than that? Is he like a, back and starter type of quarterback remains to be seen. He didn't look good last year. Hopefully that would just like no. rookie jitters and you'll turn it around. But I mean, we'll see. It really, really just depends on how good he is. Cause if he's just, if he's an NFL caliber starter, they'll be fine. But yep. if he's not, then that really messes up the potential for, for the season. Yeah. Um, floor slash ceiling. Uh, I think their floor is kind of where they were this past season, around 500. Like they should be, like the team's much better than it was last year. So they should be better than seven and 10, you would think. Obviously, that's not how the NFL works, or we'd all be millionaires off gambling right now. But um, yeah, so I think they'll finish around 500. And then their ceiling is the division winner. Um, I think spoiler, I think I'm going to have the exact same floor and ceiling for all of the, actually not the bucks, the bucks stink. <laughs> um, but I will have the same floor and ceiling for the Panthers and the saints coming up here. Cause I think it's that tight of a race again, still. It's, it's, this is really weird. Cause again, like you said, I completely agree because you have three teams. Oh, sorry, bucks, whatever. Let's just get you out of there. We have three teams that finished with the exact same record last year that on paper all got better. But obviously, again, yeah. like you said, this is the NFL. That's not how it works. So uh, I, I, I would I would tend to agree. They're, I think their ceiling is to be similar to what the Giants were last year, where you get to maybe like 10 or 11 wins. I know, I know the Giants didn't win the division, though, but that's, you know, different circumstance, much better division. But where you run the ball like crazy, you have a pretty good defense, you you know, you have a good offensive line, and then might even win a playoff game because, you know, that's what it takes in January, right? Just to run the ball, play great defense and stuff like that. So, yeah, I'd say that in the floor is probably around a little bit under 500, like seven, eight wins or so. But, yeah, this mm-hmm. is a really interesting division for sure. Okay, uh, we will move on then to the New Orleans Saints. Uh, again, seven and ten, they they hung around. Like again, they almost won the division last year over the Bucks. There was just a couple close games that really uh, didn't go their way with Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback. Can you imagine Andy Dalton twenty twenty two starting in a playoff game? Like, come on. Yeah. Um, 
The notable additions for them, though, this year, we got Derek Carr, Nathan Shepard, Colin Saunders, Foster Moreau, Jamal Williams, and Jimmy Graham coming back from the dead. Uh, notable losses, Marcus Davenport, David Onyemata, Jarvis Landry, Shai Tuttle, and Caden Ellis. Uh, let's start about the good of this team. Uh, I just talked about Andy Dalton a little bit. Andy Dalton was their starter for the majority of the season last year. And we both don't like Derek Carr, but we both know Derek Carr is a much better quarterback than Andy Dalton is at this point in their careers. And just that right there is a crazy upgrade for them. And again, I still don't think that they can make the playoffs with, or like they're like the favorites to win this division just based off a major quarterback upgrade. Uh, yeah. And then, I mean, Chris Olave doesn't get talked about enough. I think Garrett Wilson kind of overshadowed, given off his QB play was much, much worse than what Olave had to deal with. And that's saying a lot from a Jets perspective with how bad yeah. Zach Wilson and Flacco and Mike White all were. Andy Dalton was way better than those guys. Uh, but Chris Olave had quietly a very, very good year. And hopefully another Ohio State wide receiver finally gets on the field since, I don't know, like 2019. Is that the last real time he played football? Michael yeah, Thomas? So, so Michael Thomas, I think, has played in a total of six or seven games since the Offensive Player of the Year season in 2019. We uh, broke the reception record. And I'm still going to try to draft him in fantasy the, this year. Uh, yeah, he's a steal. Never I'm know. still not he, giving up on him. He, he might give you eight <laughs> games this year. Uh, yeah. I like That's the thing. Like This is a Saints team that is still solid. I mean... Their GM, I think it's Mickey Loomis, just he is the king of restructuring and kicking that can down the road for whatever reason at this point. Like the states have needed to be to go or yeah, the states have needed to go into a full rebuild ever since Drew Brees left and they were just refusing to. Uh, and this is kind of where we are, where they're still solid. They still have a chance to make the playoffs. But for what reason? Because we know that they're not going to win a playoff game. Yeah, uh, the Saints are, to me are a really interesting team. I, I think they're kind of going in that same route that the Colts were uh, the last couple of years, but they're much more structured organization that actually knows what they're doing. Mm -hmm. so, so they're kind of doing it in a smarter way, but like you said, they're just kind of kicking the can down the road. Um, Derek Carr is probably the best quarterback they've, they've had since like, Drew Brees in 2018, maybe? Because those last couple yeah. of years of Drew Brees were a little rough. But, but yeah, um, this this team, if, if you get a full season out of Michael Thomas, which at this point is might be even crazier than making the playoffs. Like, you know, like winning the division is, yeah, mm -hmm. okay, but getting, like, 10 games out of Michael Thomas might, might be even wilder than that. Like, they, they, have, they have pieces. Their offensive line is good enough. They're, they're running backs. So if you get a full healthy season out of Alvin Kamara, of course, he's suspended first three games this season, which yep. for as a Panthers fan who played them week two, happy for that. <laughs> but I, I'd imagine for them, not so much. You get a combination of Alvin Kamara and Jamal Williams, might bring you back to the time of uh, Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara a couple of years ago, Yeah, which, yeah. Uh, which, which is good for them. 
defense was really like sneaky, really, really good last year. Like um, that was kind of like the side of the ball that kind of carried them to seven, seven wins last year. And when you hear mm-hmm. someone saying carried to seven wins, that's like really bad. But their defense uh, was was really, really tough last year. And I think it was like I saw a stat at the end of last year. It was like in December or something. They were like allowing like seven points per game or some, something crazy like that. They were they were they were playing really well. Yeah. No, that that defense is still in, like insanely strong. Like Cam Jordan, who just uh, signed an extension and then. Vets like Tyron Matthew and Marcus May and Marshawn Lattimore and Demario Davis up the middle. Defense is still a problem. Defense is still very good. Uh, and I think the Saints might have the deepest tight end room in the entire league. It is absolutely unbelievable, starting with Jawan Johnson, who flashed in his moments last year, had some big plays for them. They brought in Foster Morrow, who I thought was very solid for the Raiders. I wanted him on the Dolphins. At third string, this is where Tyson Hill comes in. And you never know what you get from him. He can be the key cog on the offense one week, and then the next week you won't hear his name once. And then for some goddamn reason, here comes Jimmy Graham after not playing any football all of last year to come in and for some reason be their fourth string tight end. I have no idea what he's doing here, but good for him for being back on the saints. But that's honestly, those are four tight ends who like, I could all see getting like pretty consistent reps, which I don't know why you need four tight ends in this day and age. Yeah. That, that, that was really strange. Like I saw, uh, I think it was either ESPN or, or NFL. They posted Jimmy Graham's back with the saints. And then they, I think they said something like, um, something like, like, what are his stat predictions or do you think he'll be able to turn back the clock? And they're showing highlights from him of the Saints. And I'm just like, this was from the Obama administration. Okay, guys, just like this was, <laughs> this was 10 years ago. We're talking about here, like these highlights. So long ago. And yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's, I mean, good, 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 good story for the fans, I guess. Get your Jamie Graham jerseys back out. But yeah, I really don't know if we're doing that. One. But it's, it's funny yeah. though. Yeah. Uh, I guess let's talk about a little bit of the bad. We've already kind of brought up some issues. Alvin Kamara is suspended for the first three games of this season. Michael Thomas is just the biggest question mark in the history of the league. Uh, We both don't really like Derek Carr, even though it's still an upgrade. And I think the last thing we need to touch on is Dennis Allen as the head coach. I just don't I think I think he he is what he is. He's a good defensive coordinator. He's not a head coach. He's had his chance to be a head coach when he was with the Raiders. Did a terrible job last year. Didn't look like they really amounted to much. I think this is probably his last year with the team and I think that's probably a big reason why the Saints won't go as far as they probably could is because I don't think the coaching is or it matches up with the other coaches in this division sadly. Yeah, I See, Dennis Allen, completely agree. He's one of the probably the best defensive coordinators in the league when, when, he's, uh, when he's with uh, Saints to D.C. But as a head mm-hmm. coach, he's kind of just overmatched. I, I don't know if, he, if he's really built for this. Like, he's really, really good at calling the defense. The offense was an absolute mess last year. So, again, if you want to point out, oh, it's the quarterback, so oh, it's the position players or whatever – it was working with Sean Payton with the same team, right? So 
So I, I don't know if you kind of – I don't know if they will fire him after this season. Things would have to go really bad. Uh, I mean, if they're like a competitive 500-type team, I don't see it. But if the wheels really start to come off and, and they finish much slower than projected, then I can definitely see him getting, getting the can after the season. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about these floors and ceilings. I already said what mine is. It's around 500 for the floor and it's the division winner for the ceiling. Simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same here. I, I think floor division winners, uh, I, I think they can probably be a double digit winning uh, team. Things would have to go right. Uh, Derek Carr is going to have to not be a pussy. And uh, <laughs> and yeah, hopefully you just you go from there. And then and then the ceiling is I sorry the floor is probably like where they were last year, just running in circle and just you know doing that. But but yeah, I, I think it's about it. It's really again this whole division you could say the exact same thing for. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's move on to your team now. Uh, Carolina Panthers finished seven and ten. Uh. Last season, after a terrible start to the year where I think a lot of us thought that, hey, they were going to be picking first overall on their own merit. And nope, turns out you're picking first overall after a big trade up to finally hopefully get your franchise QB since Cam Newton. Uh, Let's start off with the notable additions. You guys got Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, Miles Sanders, Vaughn Bell, Hayden Hurst and Shy Tuttle. Uh, notable losses, DJ Moore, Deonta Foreman, PJ Walker, and Sam Darnold. Moob, we'll start off with the good. What do you like about this Panthers team this year? So uh, I really, really, really like their uh, coaching staff that they put together over the offseason. They yeah. added, it was a lot of young coaches, a lot of coaches with experience, a lot of players, sorry, a lot of like former players that also joined the staff. I really like Everything they did, like on the offensive side of the ball alone, they have Frank Reich, Deuce Staley, Josh McCown, Jim Caldwell, uh, Sean Jefferson is the wide receiver coach. Like they have so much experience, and also some. They also have guys who can like uh, learn and develop underneath them. And Thomas Brown, a complete offense coordinator that they got from yeah. uh, the uh, Rams. So the, the, I really like the, the coaching staff that they put together. I think the ownership was like, you know, we had a real clown show going on over here the last couple of years. Let me actually really invest my time, effort, and money into building the best possible coaching staff. Uh, so that's what I really liked. And then also love how aggressive they were going after the number one overall pick because they were at the ninth pick. And, you know, you're not guaranteed to get a QB at that spot. They evaluated early on in the process, and they said, we got to get our guy, uh, which I really liked. And then it did cost them DJ more, but, you know, that's the cost of business. you got to be aggressive sometimes if you, you want to go where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, you kind of just talked about the coaching staff, which I also have as one of my points. I think it's one of the best built coaching staffs around the league right now. Obviously, that's with – Nothing watched uh, at all, uh, but I still really like the coaching staff. Uh, one of the interesting hires from this year is they managed to poach Deuce Staley over from the Lions to be their assistant head coach slash running backs coach, which I think is a great, great hire for them. Um, but yeah, let's talk about 
Uh, honestly, yeah, let's talk about this defense. Panthers defense could absolutely go nuts this year, especially with them hiring uh, Giro Evero to be the defensive coordinator this year. Like, big year for Brian Burns. I think Derek Brown finally got that mean streak back in him, and he looks like an absolute force again. Frankie Louvu was absolutely fantastic last season. Shaq Thompson still very solid. And then hopefully J.C. Horn stays healthy and be like is that corner that we all know that he is. Yeah, I, the, the defense is going to be really important this year. They're, they're going to be changing things up philosophically. Like they're running a lot of like 3-3-5 and a lot of like weird college style uh, defenses last year with um, – with their old DC that they got from Baylor, like you know, mm-hmm. name here, but uh, yeah, Ajiro Evero like did a really good job in uh, in in Denver. Also was with the uh, the Rams, if I'm not mistaken, won the won the Super Bowl there. Um, and I, I I think they're going to be able to get some stuff out of the younger guys. There's a lot of linebackers and edge rushers, real athletic dudes that we've been spending picks on the last couple of years that haven't really popped. And, you know, maybe it's the coaching. Maybe it's just for, for whatever reason, it's just not working out for them. But I, I think if you can light a fire under some of those players, uh, I think that's what's going to be able to take the team to the next level. I, I think that Derek Brown is going to continue his ascent. He was a borderline elite player last season. Just absolutely went insane after the first two years of his career were kind of lackluster. You got uh, Brian Burns, obviously. And then J.C. Horn, if he can stay healthy, one of the premier yeah. talents at corner in the league. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and then, yeah. And they brought in Justin Houston also this past yeah. week, which, I mean, Justin Houston, just, I mean, guy who's been around for like two decades, not really, but feels like it. And he's yeah. still, he's still a solid contributing pass rusher. Uh so the defense is very good, but let's talk about the smallest man in NFL football history, Bryce Young. I think everyone knows that he is a very, very good quarterback, and I think everyone's one concern with him is his size. I don't think it's going to matter at the end of the day. And honestly, all of the young quarterbacks went to a spot where they have good, solid weapons around them, good run games and good offensive lines. Cause again, this Panthers offensive line, pretty fucking solid. Uh, Bryce young goes to a very good spot to develop his talent. And the Panthers are going to go, go as far as Bryce young goes. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like again, last year, you would think that the offensive line would be a problem on a team that was like really, really bad. And the quarterback production wasn't good at all. But that couldn't have mm-hmm. been further from the truth. Like Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, PJ Walker, all these guys had time in the pocket to throw. They just weren't very good at throwing. So that kind of led to the early struggles, early part of the season. And then Steve Wilkes came in there and was like, hey, you know what, guys? We're a really tough football team, really good offensive line. Let's run the damn football. And when they finally started running the ball, they were running like 200 yards a game. They were absolutely gashing teams. Uh, they turned their season around off the strength of the offensive line and off the strength of the mm-hmm. run game. Now, if you've got a quarterback that even at the absolute worst case scenario could just be a game manager and a distributor and get the ball to your, to your, your running backs, playmakers, tight ends, whatever, then 
I, I think that's that's exactly what you need. Control the time possession, run it down their throats, throw it to your to your to your tight ends, your your running backs, your wide receivers, just move the chains. And I, and I think they have exactly everything they need to do to uh, to get that done. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I mean, I completely agree with you. I again it's going to be a very tight divisional race. Uh let's talk about the bad from this team for a little bit. Uh the offensive weapons. They're good, not great. Uh, but relying on Adam Thielen to be your wide receiver one in the year 2023 is not a great thing. I will say, though, I think Terrace Marshall and Jonathan Mingo should be the one-two at the end of the year this year. Should definitely be starting over Adam Thielen and DJ Chark. That's for damn sure if they have any type of ability whatsoever. Yeah, Terrace Marshall uh, really stepped up towards the latter part of last season as like yeah. a deep threat because they were kind of using him early on in the season as like, you know, running shorter routes and stuff like that. And that's really not his place at all. He's kind of one of those vertical guys who run um, post routes and, you know, things of that nature. And he was really successful towards the end of the season when he was running those types of routes. Now they also have DJ Shark who runs very similar type of routes and and is also very athletic in his own right as well. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. They have they have an interesting group of receivers, two really young receivers, Marshall and Mingo, that don't really have too much experience. Uh, LaVisca Chenault, he's kind of like a yeah. weird type of player, but I absolutely love. Just essentially like a Cordero Patterson type of player who's going to take snaps out of the backfield and run like, you know, a bunch of screens. I don't think he ran a route past like five yards last season. I think they're all yeah. bubble screens no. or like handoffs or, or you know, <laughs> wide receiver screens and, and things of that nature. But yeah, if yeah. they can get anything out of Thielen, uh, if they can get, a, you know, anything out of him, like a seven, 800 yard season, that would be a win. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll yeah. see. This is just a really weird uh, receiving court. That is definitely for sure. And I think my my one other note for the bad would be the depth in the secondary is not great. Uh, J.C. Horn is obviously un- unbelievable when he's healthy, and that's been the big issue because outside of J.C. Horn, you got guys like Dante Jackson and C.J. Henderson who have flashed but have never shown anything consistent. And for some reason, ESPN has Jeremy Chin as the – backup right corner and not even starting at safety has he just fallen off and i haven't been paying attention no he, he so he kind of plays all over the the field he plays um in the box is strong safety sometimes he's playing free safety sometimes he's playing nickel corner sometimes he's playing okay. as an outside linebacker so uh, that makes sense where he where he'll eventually start maybe in the box is like a the strong safety but they also sign air sorry not Eric, but well, no, they did sign Eric, but they also signed Vaughn Bell as a strong safety as well. So mm-hmm. where, where they play him is kind of up to uh, um, Evero. So so we'll see, but he's kind of all over the place. You can put him wherever and he's uh, really athletic and all over the field. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I guess let's go into the floor and ceiling. They're going to be around 500 or they're going to be the division winner. It's simple as that. 
I don't think there's going to be two teams from this, from this division making the playoffs. I'd be shocked if that were the case. Yeah, uh, again, same here. But I would probably just uh, go a little further because this entire offseason, I was, like, so sure that after all the moves that happened, the uh, draft, free agency, everything, and I was just – I've never been more confident in my life that the Panthers were going to win a division. So I go into DraftKings and FanDuel earlier today, and I'm like, they're the favorites to win the division, right? And then both of them happened third. And yeah. I have never been so sure in my life that they would win a division. And it's like plus 400. And I was like, am I like either I'm really just like out of touch or it's I'm just being incredibly biased. But I wasn't even like – I wasn't even thinking about it. And like I wasn't like – I was trying to think about it from like a – from like a non-biased perspective and be like, yeah, all the yeah. other teams are good. I, I think I'm also just thinking about like the future of the team as well. Like they're gonna yes. be like the only one with like a franchise quarterback going forward type of thing. So maybe that's mm-hmm. just what it was. But yeah, I could see them winning like yeah, the Panthers like, definitely eleven games. Yeah. I would, yeah, the Panthers definitely have this future in the division is whether or not it'll just happen immediately. Uh I don't know, but that's the thing. Like, looking at those picking the division winners, like, in the odds, like, the odds just don't make sense. The Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers should all be relatively close, and there's way too big of a gap between its great odds getting the Panthers at that number. Uh, Let's talk about another NFC South team. The team that ended up winning the division last year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, finished. With the losing record, making the playoffs at eight and nine, yeah, they they are they are bad this year. So let's start off with the losses because there are a lot of them and a lot of notable names. Starting off with Tom Brady, and we got Leonard Fournette, Cameron Brait, Akeem Hicks, Sean Murphy, Bunting, Donovan Smith, and Raheem Nunez Roaches, and the notable additions for the Buccaneers this offseason: Baker Mayfield. That is it. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is not a good Bucks team. I think it's very easy to say that, but let's try to talk about what we actually like about this team. I still like the defense. I think the defense still has nice pieces. I think Todd Bowles is just—he's a defensive coordinator. He shouldn't be a head coach, but. Vita Vey in the middle, big motherfucker. He's very good. They drafted Kalijah Kansi, who got some uh, comparisons to Aaron Donald, mainly just because he's an undersized defensive tackle who went to Pitt. Still very athletic and very good in his own right. Uh, they're hoping that Joe Tryon Shionka, I probably said that wrong, holy shit, that he developed after being a first round pick for them. Uh, Monte David, Kevin White, Shaq Barrett, Jamel D, and Winfield, Carlton Davis. Like the defense is still good. The defense still has some guys. I think we can say that with some confidence that the Bucks defense won't be terrible this year, right? Yeah. So I think the Bucks are going to be just a really, really annoying team to play because of just how good their run defense is and their defensive lineup has been for like the last four or yeah. five years. I can already see like a couple games in the season where they're going to win with like scoring like 10 points 
and the other team's going to score like six or whatever, three points just based off the strength of their defense. Um, mm-hmm. Their offense, however, you know, <laughs> we don't we don't need to talk about that just yet. But they're they're uh, they're, they're I really like their defense. I mean, losing Sean Murphy, but thing is is going to be a huge loss. But the the one thing that I have to say about the uh, the Bucks the last couple of years is they have really good depth, like Carlton Davis, Janelle Dean, uh, still have Antoine Winfield Jr. Like they they still have some really good pieces on the back end. You know, you still got Devin White. Levante, David, they essentially have the, the same core that they did that won the Super Bowl, right? Like minus just a couple. Yeah. Of but yeah, it's it's gonna be like a, a really tough defense, especially with um, uh, defense to run against. Like you're not gonna be able to get much yards against these guys on the ground. No, and I mean, fuck. We'll talk about the offense, but the only thing I like about the offense, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And Tristan Wirfs. Everyone else is replaceable at best. Like, like, truly, there's nothing else on offense that I can be like, yeah, that's a positive going in the right direction position. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Tristan Wirfs. That is that is the only good to talk about on the offense. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, you can keep going. You have a thought. I was, uh, I was just going through their depth chart right now on offense and uh, yeah, you know the quarterback groups not looking good, running back groups not looking great. I mean, John Wade will see the tight end positions not looking good. Like, like this is this is gonna be this is gonna be a, like a tough like time on offense the entire season. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, let's just get right into the bad then. Uh, I mean, we just kind of said it. QB ass, offensive line ass, coaching ass, um, and that's the thing. They're taking their best offensive lineman too, who is a right tackle, has always been a right tackle, and moving him to the left side. And I think uh, it got reported that like he's been therapy because it's been such a hard transition to him because it's so much muscle memory, always going one way, always moving one way, and then you have to relearn the same movements to still be an elite left tackle. So it's a struggle for, uh, for Tristan Wirfs there, but it's bad. The offense is bad. The, like Todd Bowles will be fired by the end of this year. Like, I don't think that there's any way he keeps his job. Uh, it just, it's just, it's a flat out bad team. I think the defense is still good, but this offense, I think there's no way Mike Evans gets his 10th straight thousand yard season with Baker Mayfield. This this is uh this is a team that won eight games last year that absolutely struggled on offense with Tom Brady. Yeah. And I know Tom Brady yeah. isn't 2007 Tom Brady. Like I know last year he wasn't too, but he's still a very very capable, very good quarterback. And he struggled, yeah. and the offense struggled. So going from someone who's probably either just inside the top 10 as a quarterback last season or just maybe on just on slightly on the outside of the top 10 to going mm-hmm. to someone who might not even be a top 40 quarterback in the league, that's going to be a significant <laughs> drop. Like, yeah, Baker Mayfield yeah. had all the chances in the world to succeed in the Panthers offense last year, and he got outplayed by P.J. Walker, mm-hmm. and he got outplayed by Santo, and none of those guys are NFL starters. So – 
No. I don't know what that says about Baker Mayfield. Yeah. I mean, fuck, he's still here getting a starting job. Good for him. Uh, I'm still liking the comparison for Baker Mayfield being that new Ryan Fitzpatrick who he can just come into a game not really do much, but then he'll have those wow plays that get them back in. He's got that fiery personality that get the guys going, but I think that's what he's going to be. He's going to be a career journeyman for the rest of his career, but that means he can probably play till his mid-30s if he does keep it up. Uh, let's talk about the floor and ceiling. Finally, I can say a different floor than around 500 slash division winner because this is just a bad team. Their floor is top three. Um, again, there's not a lot of bad teams who I can flat out say that are straight up bad teams other than really the Bucks and the Cardinals. Uh, so their floor top 10 pick, and I think their ceiling or yeah, floor top three, pick, ceiling top 10 pick. It's just going to be a bad year for the Bucks. They will be picking in those top 10 spots, no matter what, uh, not a bad thing when you're rebuilding. You won your Super Bowl in 2020. Now retool, rebuild, maybe be bad enough to get Caleb Williams or Drake May. We'll see, but it's good to be a long year for Bucks fans. Yeah, I, I would say that uh, their floor is probably winless. I guess it might be a chance these guys literally go like 0 for 17. I'll, that would probably be the most impressive feat that they can do this season because yeah, I mean, that I mean, because they're not winning more than five games at most. Right. So I would, as a no. Panthers fan, I really do hope that they win like four or five games. So they don't get either Caleb Williams or Drake man. That's me personally, but I can see yeah. them picking. Yeah. It's just a matter of which pick in the top 10. It's not like, Oh, they can win the division. Oh, they might. No, no, no. We're talking about, which pick in the top 10 are they going to be picking? Are they going to be picking in the top three? Or are they going to be picking in, like, the bottom, like, half of the top 10? We'll yeah. See. It's definitely yeah. going to be there for sure. Yeah. Okay, let's finish off with the division award, starting off with breakout player. Uh, I have written down here Jeff Akuda, which now that he's got hurt again, I'm kind of reconsidering, but... Off the top of my head, I can't think of anyone, so I'm just going to talk about Jeff Okuda. Uh, I still have faith that he can be that player that everyone thought he was going to be in 2020. Generational cornerback prospect, some called him. Uh, I think he has a good chance being cornerback number two opposite A.J. Terrell to really get his footing in this defense. Uh I just hope this is it for him. I hope he finds his spot with the Falcons and he becomes maybe not what we all projected him to be uh, when he was getting drafted, but at least a solid starter. That's what I want to see from Jeff Okuda this year. Yeah, Jeff Okuda got off to a really unfortunate start, right? I think it was like an Achilles tear. I had a rough rookie season and mm -hmm. Achilles tear. And last season uh, just wasn't that good. Like he was, he was okay, maybe a change of scenery would be good for him. Again, I, I think he got injured, but I, I don't know if you said it wasn't very like serious or something. Like as long as long as long as he's able to hopefully show off to a team that he's still like there's still something left in him that we could maybe squeeze out. Maybe it was just going to the right team. That uh, Lions team like had a probably a rough time last couple of years of developing DBs anyway. So 
again, maybe a change of scenery will turn him into a player that maybe not the player we thought coming out, but some someone who could start for a lot of teams. Uh, for my exactly. player, exactly. I I chose is funny enough another Ohio State player. Uh, seems to be a lot of them in the NFL. They're doing really good. But Chris Olave, I'm not sure if it technically counts as a as as a breakout because he was so great last year. But I think that um, see, I had him actually ranked higher than uh, Garrett Wilson coming out, and he was my favorite wide receiver at at Ohio State. Watched almost all of those games with uh, I think from like 2019 to 2021, mm-hmm. and he's just so smooth, so fast. Good hands, like the, you're gonna have a hard time to say anything bad about about his game. I think he he has the potential to make that similar jump that uh, Justin Jefferson had his uh, second year in the NFL. So I, I think he can be a 1500 yard receiver this season, especially with a guy like Derek Carr who's experienced and can throw for mm-hmm. a lot of yards himself. So yeah, I'd say uh, yeah. I'd say uh, Chris Olave for sure. Okay. Uh, moving on to offensive rookie of the year, I'm going to go with your quarterback, Bryce Young. Uh, pretty easy for me to pick him for offensive rookie of the year. Obviously, he does have some competition with Bijan, but I'm going to talk about Bijan in a bit here. Uh, Bryce Young, though, wins offensive rookie of the year just because I didn't want to give it to Bijan because Bijan can't win multiple words for me. Um, so Bryce Young, offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, same. Same. I went with Bryce Young. I'm sure it's a huge surprise that I did, but uh, you know, for for a quarterback, uh, I don't think the the bar is extremely high for you to win offensive rookie of the year. You kind of just need to win, and and if if they win a division, I really have a hard. T- and if they win the division and make the playoffs, I really have a hard time thinking that anyone else in the entire league, much less the division, would win uh, Offensive uh, Rookie of the Year over him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensive Rookie, I'll, go, I'll, uh, I'll throw the bone to a Bucks. Uh, we'll go with Elijah Cansey. Uh, he will start for them on that defensive or interior defensive line. Again, he did get those Aaron Donald comparisons. They're not completely just because Aaron Donald's one of the best defensive players of all time. But he's got that quick burst. He's got good hands. He's a little undersized, but I don't think there's anyone really else you can pick because I think it was between Kalijah Kansi or Brian Breesey who won't even start for the Saints more than likely. So Kalijah Kansi, defensive rookie of the year for the division. Yeah, same. Again, like, like you said, that defensive line for the uh, for the Bucks has been dominant for years. Then you add a guy like Kalaja Kansi, uh, because of all the great players that they do have on that line. That's going to kind of like help his workload out a little bit, and the coaching with Todd Bowles and everything. They know they know how to get their guys right. So uh, I, I think he'll be really good. Maybe not at the start of the season, especially because he's coming off of uh, uh, I think it was like an. Uh, with a calf injury or something. So whenever he may, I think it might take him a little bit while, like a little longer to get into form. But once he does, I think he's going to be a really good player on that defense. Yep. Uh, offensive player of the year. I'm going to go with your breakout player and I'm going to give this to Chris Olave. 
again, I also think that he has the potential. I mean, he had a thousand yards with Andy Dalton being his quarterback last year. Derek Carr is that big of an upgrade. Uh, even though it is Derek Carr, I'm expecting a massive year for Chris Olave being the focal point of the offense. Hopefully he'll have Michael Thomas taken away t- or taken away some looks and some double teams from him, but he's going to be a monster. I'm expecting over 1300 yards from him easily. Chris Olave, offensive player of the year. Again, same thing with me. I took Chris Olave uh, again for for both of these things. And the reason that I kind of went with them is because if you also look at the corners in the division and stuff like that, like a lot of these secondaries aren't that great. Like most of the, like the Falcons, not a great secondary. AJ Terrell, great, great corner, like. J.C. Horn, great corner. But other than that, like, the rest of the division, like, these these DBs and safeties and everything, they're, like, mid, right? So, and you're playing six games against those guys every year. So, I think you'll put – You'll get your numbers. And, uh, again, oh, wow. for the better quarterback player, you can jump from, was it, 1,100 yards or 1,000 yards, whatever it was, to, like, 15, maybe 1,600 yards, which would be insane. Oh, Yeah. All right, uh, defense player of the year. I'm going to go with another one of your boys, Brian Burns. I think Brian Her- Brian Burns is probably a dark horse to be defensive player of the year just in general for the league. Again, if things go right for the Panthers, if Evero really turns this defense into what it can be, Brian Burns will be the focal point of that. I am fully expecting double-digit sacks from him. I think he can push into the 15-16 sack range, no problem. Uh, Brian Burns, NFC South Defensive Player of the Year. Same here. You know, Brian Burns decided not to hold out like uh, uh, like Nick Bosa did. And I think part of the reason why is because he's super confident going into this season, like, because I think had he gotten his extension prior to this season, the numbers wouldn't look anywhere near a Nick Bosa extension would look like, right? So he's looking at 100%. that and he's like, you know what? Watch what I do this season and come back to me next year. And I promise you those the, the numbers that you throw at me are going to have to be a whole lot higher. So I, I believe in Brian <laughs> Burns. I, I think he's going to have – also, he's he's already a really good player right now, but I believe he'll also have a breakout uh, year and be borderline um, NFL defense player of the year, caliber type player. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And to finish off, we'll go with the MVP. So my MVP could have been the offensive rookie of the year, could have been the offensive player of the year, but I wanted some variation. I'm going with B. John Robinson, the rookie out of Texas. I'm expecting massive things. I'm expecting this Falcons run game to be absolutely incredible. I think they're going to be able to do whatever the hell they want really with Bijan, whether that be getting his touches in the backfield, whether he's split out wide. I mean, I know we're seeing these training camp camp clips of him cooking linebackers with double moves, but don't get fooled. He actually is a good receiver. He can't like, he can run routes. He doesn't just run double moves one v one in man coverage. Um, I think Bijan Robinson is going to be absolutely incredible. Uh, probably shouldn't be saying this to you, but I, if I have first overall pick in fantasy, he's my one one pick. I don't really care. I just want Bijan on my team this year. 
I think he's yeah. going to be absolutely incredible. 1,500-yard season, 2,000-yard, all-purpose yard guy. Bijan Robinson, division MVP. It's definitely a great pick. I mean, fantasy. I mean, I'd probably take him number one overall in fantasy, too. We'd have to figure out that uh, order soon enough. But, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I went in a more predictable way here is uh, Bryce Young. So, not only do I think he's going to be, like, the rookie of the year for the division, but I think he has the chance to be the best quarterback in the division this season, um, which is not a very, like, high bar, right? Like, if it's between him and Desmond Ritter and Baker Mayfield and Derek Carr, that's not really saying much. He can, he can be uh, the best quarterback in the division and still be, like, a bottom half quarterback in the league overall. Um, but, but, yeah, yes. so I, yes. I, I think – I think all that he needs to do in order to do this is just be a distributor, not turn the ball over, get to maybe 37, 3,800 yards, maybe uh, 20, 25 touchdowns would be, would be great. But yeah, I, I think he has the uh, chance already as a rookie to be the, the best quarterback and maybe even potentially the best overall player in the entire league. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you. Bryce Young, I mean, it's just kind of quarterbacks win the MVP awards usually. The other quarterbacks in this division absolutely fucking stink. So easy to pick Bryce Young there. Uh, finish it off with the division winner. I already know that you're going to pick the Panthers, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, as expected, uh, no. Uh, I, however, am going to pick the Atlanta Falcons mainly just because I'm just I'm intrigued on what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to be playing football. It's not going to be something that we normally see where even Desmond Ritter being kind of that. Hopefully he's a game manager for them. They're going to be running the ball and they're going to be running the ball a shit ton. I don't think like I feel like Desmond Ritter is going to get like 20 passing attempts a game and they're going to have like I think they're going to have more rushing rushing yard or rushing attempts than passing attempts pretty consistently in every game, which doesn't happen in the NFL very often. But I think the Falcons are going to run all over people. They're going to play good defense and it should be a fun division. Yeah. The, the key to the Falcons winning the division is that defense. If they're, if their um, defense is as bad as it was last year, then they stand no chance. But if they make improvements, and even just be like a mid-tier defense, running the ball as much as they do is going to be a godsend for the defense, giving tons of rest, so they'll perform expectation, like they'll, they'll be much better than mm -hmm. the defense, um, and then keep the other team's offense off the field. So they can definitely make some noise and win the division, everything like that. Uh, however, I just think that the Panthers having – Fingers crossed, a legitimate quarterback, a legitimate passing game for the first time in a long yeah. time uh, might be just enough, especially with that great defense that they have there. A good passing game fixes almost everything. That'll do it for the division breakdowns move. I cannot thank you enough for coming on and doing this. Uh, had some great ball discussions. Any notes any jobs you want to take on any other teams we haven't talked about uh this episode 
Yeah, so I just wanted to say that uh, this is completely unrelated, but the, the Patriots are not going to win seven games. They're going to probably be like six and 11. Mac Jones is going to be on a first-class flight to Beijing, maybe Shanghai. Uh, he's going to have to get accustomed to that uh, to the environment over there because that's where he's going to be spending his time for the next couple of years. And, uh, and yeah, the Chargers stink and they're, they're chokes. There we go. Uh, Nihao Mac Jones, Nihao Brandon Staley. Have fun playing for the Shanghai Sharks. Uh, that'll do this episode of Zero Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. If you've liked it, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.